We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, a show dozens of you, maybe even tens of you, demanded. And before we get into that, a show with no real topics that uh, we have planned coming in, at least. I do want to let everyone know that if they want to get into a draw, some giveaways for DK Bucks, two ways to do so. Way number one, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you enjoy about the Pat Mayo Experience. You're in a draw for a hundred DraftKings dollars. If you are in a draw for 20 DK dollars, you can be in both. But if you're watching the video, smash the like button for the video. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. And I don't know what's a good giveaway. Mike Wright, fantasy hitman, fantasy footballers, what's a good giveaway? Ooh, uh, a good giveaway for this time. I, I really think that Pat Mayo should be giving away at least a two-hour one-to-one Zoom video conference chat with you how dare you two hours how dare you no no absolutely not happening uh so smash the like DraftKings handle and tell me what you don't like about mike Wright, and you're in the draw oh that's then no one will be in your your raffle because people like everything about me and everything people, people do i mean you guys are so popular when we were sitting next to each other at fsda or fsga and you guys were winning all the awards you have to designate one of you per year to go up and collect all the awards oh, that, that's, so, a nice, that's a nice spot to be in it's so embarrassing it's so embarrassing to collect all the trophies but it makes me feel really good 
Yeah, who, who, who enjoys losing? No one. <laughs> Nobody. Uh, so, yeah, you, we wanted to do this. We, we so rarely get to chat on the show, if at all. That's true. Of like once a year. I don't think you've been on since I was like breaking down The Bachelor like four years ago. Yeah, I believe I've done... I did The Bachelor. I don't... And I don't even remember if I did anything else. The... I mean, I can reveal this to your your audience that that Pat Mayo is actually a very big part of the the history of the fantasy footballers. I don't even know if you realize how how big of an impact that you had for us because we had you on as a guest on our podcast many many moons ago back when we uh, frequently had guests on. But, but back and, back before you could get good guests. Or, yeah, well, yeah, back yes. <laughs> We had we had to set the bar pretty low for who we had back then, uh, I, but you you mentioned hey I I see what you guys are doing on video and this is back when you are at your uh, former employer I don't know the rules about no we can specific- talk about it okay so you you were on the fantasy sports network and you saw that we were doing videos and you're like hey I I need to connect you guys to uh, to to this channel and you did uh, out of the kindness of your heart you didn't have to do that at all. We got connected. We started putting our video up there, and that really gave us a boost as far as uh, people just really, you know, it gave us it gave us some credit, it gave us some street cred around there because at the time, Fantasy Sports Network was kind of some uh, looked like an up and comer in the in the industry <laughs> in the space. Look, <laughs> things did, like some things fell apart. I don't know. Uh, exactly. I'm not privy to all the, the business things, but it was, it was, I, I think le- it was a big thing in legitimizing what we were doing at the time. And on top of that, I had seen your videos before we started doing video. I was like, guys, uh, th- there's this guy, Pat Mayo, you, you have to check out how he does video. And you had us like figuring out the, cause we had no budget. We had absolutely nothing, but I mean, you had like multi cams. And so we were, Back in the day, we we recorded our show. The video product of our show was recorded on three to four iPhones that we just placed. And then we had this like $6 app that would switch between, you could switch between the cameras. So it looked like you had a, a fully multicam show. And then after the show was done recording, it would take this thing like a good hour to compile all the videos to, to suck all the videos off the other iPhones and have one master slave unit. So it was like this huge time suck that we were putting in. And it was like, this sucks that we have to do all of this, but it worked because you noticed it. We were able to get on that network and it was just, it was, it was part of the part of the climb for the fantasy footballers. So out of like a, a deep, really heartfelt. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate it. Well, it's nice to see that you know we started our videos. I mean, I started a little bit before you guys, and then yes. it took like three months, and you stole all my market share and made all the money I should be making. So thank you. For well, that. we but- we were like, hey, wait, hold hold on. How is how does Pat Mayo late? How does he title his YouTube videos? What's what's this guy doing over there? And we're like, ah, okay, we'll just do it a little bit better than him. Yeah, well, you have three minds, I have one. It's, it's, it's not fair. <laughs> My bad. Well, I, I do very much appreciate that. And hey, listen, I'm always uh, someone who, if they, they see some talent out there, 
know, I, I want to try to exploit that talent for my own personal needs. But <laughs> I hope you got a good finder's fee. I did not. Um, I, I mean, maybe I should cut back in on that if you're really so appreciative of everything that's going on. I could use the money. Oh, I could no, use the uh, money. Where the connection's going down, Pat, I'm losing you. <laughs> it's just, it's funny. Like, right before we came on, uh, I was talking about, like, overall, like, you guys have infrequent, like, you infrequently use guests these days. It's usually just three of you chatting back and forth. And I was telling you, like, the podcasts that I listen to are generally the same hosts every single time. Infrequently, do they have guests on? Now, there are the occasional ones. And when it comes to the numbers of my show, video-wise, as you know, a lot of it can just be titling. Like, regardless of the guests yeah, it, that I... it matters. Regardless of the guests that I have on every week during football season, um, week seven fantasy football rankings is going to outdo every other show that I do. It doesn't matter who's on that show. It could be me yelling into a bucket for 38 seconds. That will do, like, triple the numbers of everything else just because of the titling. So I always look at the podcast numbers, uh, the audio downloads. Uh, and, like, me, Tim, and Jeff, when we do a show together, it always outdraws all of the other ones, despite the fact that that is the least informative. Uh, there is no actionable <laughs> information whatsoever in that show. But almost like the shows that I like to listen to, and a lot like your guys' show, your guys' show is far more actionable with information. But it sounds like three people who like each other hanging out and busting each other's chops. And I think that is a very overlooked part of this space where everyone's trying to be you know, the next guy on ESPN Countdown. Yeah, we, uh, we, we often get asked, what, what's the secret? Like, how did, how did it happen? And a huge part of our success and like what felt good about what we were doing. Cause it's, I mean, it, this, the, the fantasy sports landscape, it's very, very competitive as in there's a lot of people who want to be in it. Not that we're all at each other's throats. I mean, you, you could tell that like Pat Mayo is a direct competitor to my business, but we are, I consider you a good friend in the industry and I wish great success for you. Uh, but what could not be duplicated from our show was the fact that we are three friends. We've been friends for a, uh, over a decade. And we, before we did the show, we would just sit at lunch and talk fantasy football. And then we would sit when we were supposed to be working and we would talk about fantasy football. So we just, we already naturally knew how to, or, or had this back and forth of, of, let me tell you my idea. You tell me your idea. No, 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 no. Your idea sucks. This is why my idea is so much better than yours. And just the natural friendship that we already had built in. We were not three guys that a, a network of three or four letters just threw into a room and said, we hope you guys can make a good show. <laughs> it was three friends coming together and saying, let's make the best show possible. Yeah, and that seems to be the common theme amongst all great content, at least in the in the internet space. I mean, TV is in, inherently going to be different if it's a studio show. Like I know when I work studio shows, it would be, well, here's our rundown, and the host is going to do his 30-second intro, or she's going to do her 30-second intro, and then it's going to go in this order. And I understand why it needs to be done that way from a production standpoint because if you're in a studio like if you're in like a two million dollar studio or or more with the lighting and the big you know tvs behind you the cool lights speaking of lighting i don't like the fact that you look like your, your complexion's all nice and you look tan and even skin tone and i'm over here i look like a i look like casper's buddy just with my pale super pale skin even though it's well yeah to be fair it's it's really pale <laughs> 
on top of that. How, how could it be that pale? You're, you like live in the sun. It was snowing out when I came in today. That is a is an unbelievable uh, misnomer about Arizona. We've, we're actually, look, man, we're all locked down. I don't know what's going on uh, in your neck of the woods. We're, we're locked down. Everyone's trying to stay home. The hashtag, I don't want to get that corona. That's not a very good hashtag. That's way too long to be trending on Twitter. Uh, but but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but And people would frequently give us that note. Like our the three of us on our YouTube, even with good lighting, like you guys are really pale. Don't you live in Arizona, the land of the sun? You're like, yes, we live in a land where if you go out in the sun, you die in two minutes. You're, you are vaporized into dust. Your family can't even bury you because there's nothing left. Your skeleton just bursts into ashes. So that like that's a problem with Arizona. When you're a kid, when you're a kid and the heat doesn't bother you and you, you spend the entire summer break swimming every single day and you get that beautiful bronze tan and you look just fantastic, that doesn't happen for adults because you go out in the sun and you die. So we avoid it like we avoid the sun like we're avoiding Corona right now. So, so really, the lockdown is no change for you. Oh no! Oh, oh no! None, no change at all. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm an introvert. I stay at home with my family regardless of what is happening. So, not much has changed other than my uh, my fear of takeout or not takeout. I should say delivery. Like, I I love getting food delivered, but now every time I do it, I like inside i have this like uh, i don't know if i should be doing this or not i don't know who's got it i don't know who's good who's taking care of the food who's actually what delivery people are keeping their hands clean so that that's the biggest difference honestly i've been pretty good for take i've been trying not to get too much takeout but we infrequently go to the supermarket now, but when we do, yes. only one of us goes. And I see people yes. like lined up because you know there's like lineups out the door. You have to wait in your line. You stand your eight feet apart. Oh, we don't have that. We don't. We don't have that. We have uh, like our official order here was uh, chill out. Uh, <laughs> faux lockdown. It was like it was an official lockdown where I am in charge of the state and I'm letting people know they should stay at home. However, with a little clause of, hey, look, you do you, man. You, like, you can go, you can go drive. We have a, uh, a, an area called Sun City. This is where the elderly live. Like, because you literally have to be, I don't know, like 55 or older to live in Sun City. If you drive through that area right now, those golf courses are jam-packed. Those old people in Arizona, DGAF, they're living their best lives. Meanwhile, young, healthy buck over here, I'm locking myself in my house to try and save said old people. I, they're freaking screwing me over, man. I'm not, I'm, I'm not very appreciative of what they are doing. Yeah, the, the person who's taking the least seriously that I know is my grandmother. She's like, eh, screw it. The most vulnerable. What are you doing, man? Her, Go her, home. Her line to me was, I survived the Nazis. I'll survive this. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to argue Look, with it. That I, I can't. There's nothing you could do to that logic. I survived the Nazis? Did your grandmother really survive the Nazis? Yeah, she grew up in Holland during World War II. And then that after, is unbelievable. After World War II was over, like. I think she was. She came over to Canada in like 1950 or something. She was like 18 or 19. She's been here ever since. 
that is an unbelievable story, man. That like, it's so funny that like the word has uh, the word Nazi has just such a deep and dark understanding of of all of us that it is it is a trump card that that like your grandma could play for literally anything where like like uh, growing up yeah grandma i don't want to eat your peas you know who didn't want you to eat your peas the nazis and you're like whoa okay take it easy grandma i'll eat my peas Fortunately, she wasn't the healthier. She is not the healthiest of eaters. She's not pushing peas on anyone. It'd be like that's lucky. Like not not deep fried potatoes, like in a deep fryer, but like her pouring oil into like a pan and frying potatoes that way with like Delicious. grease dripping off, and be like, Grandma, <laughs> I don't want to eat this. It's disgusting. Ah, eat eat your fries. You know who didn't want to eat this? The Nazis. <laughs> well, they probably didn't even have potatoes at the time. That, that's where she was going at with this, but. Uh, you're talking about the lighting. You guys don't wear makeup on the show, do you? Oh, my man, we powder up. You that's do powder one of, up. That's one of those things on the checklist is you got to powder up. Look, okay, so I have a hat on because quarantine hair is happening to all of us. But watch how long it takes me to slide the hat up. Do you see the, the retail? You see the, all the space of this four? This is a six head. People joke about a five head. Me and Peyton Manning, we are we are bros from the same forehead club. You got to powder this thing up or it was just, look at this. Look at how shiny. <laughs> look at this thing. Yeah, you need to get that. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I am uh, maybe not a six head. I'm at least at a five and a half head up here. Uh, I, and I've oh, had we, need, we need to measure down. Ne- next time we get together, we're going to measure down, see who's got the bigger forehead. Yeah, well, I think you're a few inches taller than me, so it might look like a yeah, few. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stumpy, so <laughs> people don't realize that. I shoot myself on such a good angle. I make myself look powerful in the frame. Then they see me in real life, and they're like, oh, my God, you're a midget. <laughs> look, you are vertically challenged. That is that is a fact. That's why I only hang out in public with Davis Maddock. It makes me look like a giant. Oh, my God. I got to bring Davis into this. I am doing a Corona show with Davis every single week. I just bust his chops the entire time as he lives in fear in his house. Oh, is he like me and me? Like I've, I've been following Davis for quite some time. We really haven't had very many interactions. I think, I think I finally got that Davis follow like a year ago. And I was like, oh, well, welcome to the show, Davis. Thank yeah. you for following me. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for being one of my 3 million followers and welcome to the club. Yes, you you may tweet at me. I will never ever see it because there's just so many things. I'm so I'm so important. How do you how do you manage that on like a Sunday morning? Oh, good God, man! Like, do you or you just say like, if I answer one, I have to answer them all, so I'm going to answer none. So uh, uh, the the honest truth is the Sunday breakdown. Uh, every Sunday, I I'm responsible. I do the live stream. We I go live for thirty minutes. You know, uh, an hour before kickoff break down all the news uh, so i the show turns into about 50 percent news and then 50 percent questions which i strategically try to answer questions that are applicable for a lot of scenarios and then we have uh we have support we have a patreon and people support us over there and there's there is a tier where we guarantee you an answer so those people 100 get an answer then I do my rankings, and if I have time left, I might jump on Twitter and be just—it's it's me trying to fight a tsunami, which 
you're not going to win, but I, I, I try my best, man. I, we, we really, really try our best on social media to answer everyone's questions. So it's, it's, yeah. And I'm sure you get them too with your, uh, I mean, you have like, you have a, a decent social media following. Like it's, no, it's okay. no, no one, no one, no one follows me. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, when I was, at, it was funny when I was at fantasy, uh, I would do because I've been doing a live show on Sunday mornings now for probably about six, seven years. So it's hard for me to answer questions when I'm physically doing a show at the same right. time. So and, and like all my you know, all my rankings are forward facing. You can find them pretty easily. So when I was at Fantasy, I had one of the interns just use my Twitter to respond to people from my rankings. That was like super helpful. But then it made it seem <laughs> Honestly, like I, it makes sense. But like, it, it, yeah, like this is what I think. So just, you know, if they're too lazy to go look at like whatever the rankings are like, well, it's. Well, and I don't cons- I don't even think it's that people are too lazy. It's they're just like, all right, I I know I can see your free rankings on your website, and you've got this guy at thirteen and the other one at thirty. But would you really play that yeah. guy at thirteen? Hmm? Well, the big I, the big thing that I do now is if people ask me because it's very clear who people want to start when they tweet at you a start or sit. It's like, well, I have this guy, but I could play this guy. I always just agree with the reader. Like, just play the random loser <laughs> you want to play over the good guy. Go for it. Like, it's your team. What do I care? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny. Like, I mean, we have a fully automated tool on our website, a start-sit tool, where it will give you the answer for all of us. Like, who should I start? Player X, player Y. It will tell you who the three of us how we have them individually ranked it will give you the the consensus ranking and even with that people still they just they just want to hear your voice affirming what they uh the decision that they want to make yeah and what are you gonna do like the the worst part is if it's like some random dude let's say I don't know. Sammy Watkins had one good week. So now we're into like week six. Sammy Watkins has been terrible for five weeks. It's him versus, I don't know, who's someone good? Julio Jones. Like, I got a real gut feeling that Sammy Watkins is going to have a big week and Julio's not going to score. Sammy mashup is great. Yeah. It's just like, just play Julio Jones. Like, if someone is going to actively ask you about a guy that they're probably going to start every single week versus a guy who they probably shouldn't be starting, chances are they want to play the guy they shouldn't be starting. So I'll just reinforce that terrible behavior. You'll just Why give not? them the pat on the butt? Yeah, just oh, say, no. listen, go swing for the fences. Be like the guy from Major League 3. There's no need to sack bunt. Try to hit a home run. Oh, yeah, no no worries about Jabu. No, no, I don't even think Jabu was in that one. That's when they were with the Buzz, the minor league. That was the buzz. only. I I don't. I didn't even know they made a major league three. <laughs> there's a chance. There's, there's a chance it was straight to video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Wait, hold on. Was Sheen in it? No. Oh yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I, th- I think it may have just been. I think Tom Berenger was still in it, but he was the manager I have now. To, I have to look it up now. Maybe Corbin Burnson was still in it in like a cameo role. I don't even really remember. I saw this movie like 20 years ago. I just remember the climactic oh, scene. Spoiler alert. Gosh. Swing for the fences. And then he was like, he either strikes out or hits a home run. I don't remember. You can watch it and find out for yourself. It's got Scott Bakula. <laughs> oh, yes. Is Scott Bakula the guy from one of those Xena type shows, but not Xena, but like Sinbad or one of those? Ones? How? No, he, he, no he, was the guy, he, he was the guy from Enterprise, Star Trek, right? Look, yes, he was he was in one of the Star Trek shows, but Pat Mayo, how dare you insult the man from Quantum Leap? Quantum that show Leap. was Quantum Leap was freaking great, man. In the pantheon of '90s sci-fi, how great really was it? 
I don't, I don't know. It's to me, it was great because my parents watched it. So it was one of those shows. Like, it's like, uh, like I'm told cheers is great. I don't know. I've never watched an episode of cheers in my life, but I know my parents watched it and, and, and it's like one of those, uh, it's just a nepotism thing. I, I will have to stand for cheers because my parents enjoyed cheers. My parents watched quantum leap. I re- I have very strong memories of, 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 uh, like getting out of my bed, running upstairs because something happened. I don't, I had a nightmare and there's my parents watching quantum leap. So I will always cape for Quantum Leap. I, I think that is the only reason that I'm into Star Trek The Next Generation. It was my mom's favorite show when I was like seven It happens, years old. man. And it just it somehow that through osmosis that got passed down to me. And now I'm like a fucking nerd. I'm almost like 40 <laughs> and watching Star Trek. Are you watching, uh, did you watch Picard? I did watch Picard. I thought it was great, except for the, except for the very end. I wasn't real keen, although the very last part, the last like twenty minutes of the last episode were amazing, but like the did you watch it? I like you're talking to me like I've seen a, a single episode of Picard. <laughs> you you asked me if I watched. Of course I watched. It. I just told you I was a Star Trek fan. Yeah, and and that's this is this is judgment free. Like I love sci-fi. I just I I just never got into Star Trek. I've I have some friends who are big, like Jason. Jason's a big big time Star Trek guy, but Jason's also uh like. Jason will fight you if you besmirch Battlestar Galactica, and like he, and and not just him. I mean, there's there's other people who will will ride the horse. I mean, they will they will John Snow pull the sword out as the horde approaches them for Battlestar Galactica. That's how much people love this show. And he had the series. I had never seen it. He had the series on Blu-ray. I borrow it. <laughs> And and I got two episodes in. And I was like, "I'm out, man. <laughs> I am out. This show sucks." <laughs> oh, that 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 is actually a terrible. I'm actually rewatching Battlestar Galactica right now. So this is a a, a nice intersection here. I love Battlestar Galactica. I don't. It's a did you? Be, but you watched it when it happened, right? No, no, no. I probably watched it. It was sort of like The Wire. How everyone claims they watched The Wire in real time. That is just not true, as evidenced by the ratings. <laughs> It was like, yeah, I was I was really into season one of Breaking Bad. It's like, were you? Are you sure about that? Because no one like even knew what AMC was at that point. But no, I probably watched Battlestar Galactica like 2010, 2011, the first time through. Now I'm going back as like you know, everything. Escaped. Yeah, see, I was trying to watch it like 2018, 2017. It's, it's and still it just good. Was, oh man, it did not. If if you didn't watch it, there's clearly some some kind of show hump, some kind of technological hump that happened. And I could, I wanted, I wanted to love it. I wanted to like it so very much as a science fiction diehard. And I'm, I'm sad. I'm saddened by the fact that I missed it while it was happening because that show sucks, man. Show is excellent. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to my guy, Ronald D. Moore. It is a fantastic show. Is Ronald D. Moore somehow related to Jason? Is that why he's all in on this? Uh, it's it's very, very possible. And look, I say that with great and heavy sadness because I am my my favorite my favorite movie of all time. Let's th- I'm gonna throw this out for you. My favorite movie of all time is Blade Runner. Okay. And what are your thoughts on Blade Runner? 
Well, what what version of Blade Runner are we talking about? One of the oh, eight, eighteen different. Okay, that's 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 fair. I mean, well, I, you, you have to. I like I'm, the. I do love the like the, the director's cut is awesome, okay. but the, the original okay. cut I actually think is the most superior option to the original Blade Blade Runner. Everything, I don't think every, everything else feels tacked on. Like, what what version is this from? What does this have to do with the story? Just give me the original version. So that that's a very very fair argument. I mean, I'm not old enough that I, I wasn't in the movie theater when the original was going down in the early 1980s, uh, they would have said, why is this baby in here watching Blade Runner? My, my first exposure to the movie was the director's cut. So I've, so the director's cut, I've, I, I know that one. I actually have, I mean, I have a, they came out with this, like this special edition briefcase edition. When uh, the final cut originally came out, I've got one of those like, 500 copies or whatever they actually made of that so the the final cut the final cut is okay i actually like the director's cut a little bit more but so that that's when i when i refer to blade runner i refer to the director's cut because i just assume that's the one that most people are actually familiar with i would think so yeah probably now so it's probably the most circulated version but it's a lot like watching apocalypse now or watching the apocalypse now redo like it just the redo has so many scenes in it that are fine but have no real point of being in the movie like you can just watch a shorter version it's still fine but did you watch i mean obviously you've probably seen the new blade runner did you like the new blade runner i really really liked the new (laughs) blade runner uh look it i i i like I can deal with slow moving, especially like noir. I love noir, <laughs> like a ridiculous amount, an unhealthy amount. I love the detective, uh, when and it's it just it's it's all about the ambience and trying to set up the environment. Maybe at the little at some of the cost of the story, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, and also soundtrack like. I, because I'm I'm a musician at my heart. Before I was in fantasy football, I mean, I was I did only music for, uh, you know, like thirty, almost thirty plus years of my entire life. I thought I would do music forever, and I don't know how it happened. I I think I blame uh, the NES because I was a I grew up on video games. I didn't have very many friends. I didn't want friends. I wanted to play video games all day, every single day. So synth music and chip tunes like affect me viscerally. I, I, I can fire up. I can go to just some random chip tune playlist on YouTube. And like my bones will start feeling emotions, which is it's a really weird, weird thing to talk about, but Music affects me at such a uh, primordial level. So when that's when that when those synth noises were kicking in in 2049, oh man, I was just, I was I was I was a puddle in my chair of just like this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it mixes in your favorite type of music and your favorite movie. Yeah, that sounds like it'd be pretty good for you. Look, it was it was a great time. I loved it very very much, and I had to oh I and then I had to go into the studio because. Both both Jason and Andy think Blade Runner is just like the worst. And then Blade Runner, the new one, was actually getting very, very positive reviews because it's a great movie. And they went and they saw it and they were super bored. So we had to get into this whole argument of how 
I'm intellectually superior to them and they just, they need flashes and, and blow them ups and they just can't, they didn't understand. They didn't understand what was happening in that movie. So clearly that's the reason they didn't like it. Yeah. So your contention is that they're slow and you're not. I didn't say that. You (laughs) said that. I went with intellectually superior. I said these are different ways that you can get around it. (laughs) No, they're look, they, cause they can be fast. I'm just faster. Did that mean you're like the Usain Bolt of knowing things? Yeah, that, there you go. I am the Usain Bolt of, of, of consuming cinema. So here's a question. We did this video game draft a few weeks ago. Is it nice to know that you're so popular that we can't reveal, because of you, who the teams <laughs> are? Because we know that you would win if we put your name next to the team. Look. What you guys, I, we, we alluded, we, we briefly talked about it is I like winning. I like trophies. I, it, I am an over competitive person. If it doesn't matter who I'm playing, I could be playing a complete stranger. If we are playing a game, it will take over me. And these people will see a side of me that they, they never experienced in their life. So yes, it it was it was very enjoyable. We we did the video game draft. Uh, ho- it was hosted by a friend of ours, Jake Seeley, and he instituted the Mike Wright rule because he knew that I would spam my Twitter. <laughs> I, dude, I would jump. I don't care. I would use the main fantasy footballers account to retweet and say, "Hey, go vote for Mike because he needs to win." Yeah, and do you know who won? Pat Mayo. Wait, you won? I did win. Yeah. Me and Jake tied, apparently, but I think he just fudged the numbers. Ooh, I, so wait, hold on. Which character were you? Uh, Wal- I was Waluigi. All right. Okay. So give me your give me your first few picks. What did you have? Uh, and, well, oh, okay. One second. I, I, you... I, I, can, I can just look behind me. I took uh, Ocarina of Time. Okay, that's fair. I took Link to the Past with my first pick. Yeah, I was actually thinking about doubling up with Majora's Mask towards the end, but I was like, yeah, I got one Zelda game. I'm good to go. Yeah, uh, that, that's fair. What else did I have? I had Super Mario RPG, which is my second favorite NES game, or third favorite NES game after Link to the Past you, and after Chrono uh, Trigger. I think you mean SNES, Pat? SNES, yes, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes, you've been exposed. I took uh, the original Pokemon on Game Boy. So the blue, the red, and whatever the fuck it is. Sure, okay. Um, and then what did I take? Took something else. Oh, no, WWF No Mercy, the best wrestling game of all time. Oh, yeah. I And I think you screwed me up because I was... Wait, No Mercy, that was uh, 64, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was... 100% ready because all of a sudden in like the third round, I realized there's like categories that were supposed to follow by the rules of the draft. Yeah. I, I did. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pay attention to the rules either. And I don't think like anyone did except for Jake. Well, Jake and, and Reeves paid attention because he's apparently the one that made the rules. So, I mean, we're, we start getting further on in the draft and it's, Oh, well, I'll just take one of the 64 wrestling games as as my sports game because I had them I have them all currently like they're down in my garage and I'm talking let's see what was oh uh WCW NWO Revenge. That was the second one. I'm pretty sure that was the second one off the top of my head. I could be wrong. I I won't like fight you on that. But I believe that was the second one. I think there was a WCW before that, but could be wrong. 
there, but, I there mean, are there are two. There's Revenge and uh, World Tour is the other one. World Tour. That was the first one. That was the first 64 one. I've got them all, though. I've got the World Tour, Revenge. Then they switched over to WWF, and they had WrestleMania 2000. They had No Mercy. And I, well, I thought I would take 2000, and it would be no problem. And then you took No Mercy, so it was like, well, I can't just take WrestleMania 2000 because then I, now I just like a, I, I look like a like like a prick if I'm just gonna, if I'm going with this one, even though, like I think 2000 was my favorite one of the bunch. But I I can't say that with complete confidence. Now I'm an old man, <laughs> but but the point is I had all of them, all all the old school 64 THQ wrestling games. Oh my gosh, those games are so freaking good man when you could when you could start making your own custom characters and the wrestling for the belt oh my gosh those games were amazing so i'm looking at just off screen here i don't think it ever actually appears on camera i have wrestlemania 2000 right there it's the all black version of the game yep do i have no mercy behind me I have no mercy somewhere kicking around. Was here. was that it before they switched to the uh, the other company? Yeah. So T- I, I really enjoyed the THQ game. But you sound like me when it comes to, like, how involved are you with video games these days? Because I am not. I unfortunately am not. Uh, and that doesn't say that I – that doesn't stop me from buying them. <laughs> and then they sit there and I never open them because I'm con- I've convinced myself – I, I I'm in I'm into the hype. I'm gonna play it. However, Final Fantasy VII remake. I am I think a solid five hours in, and I am loving every minute of it so far. So this I was thinking about this the other day. That you remember when we were younger and you like talk to your parents about like new music and they'd be like, "What the hell is this? This is terrible." Right. And it just turns out that when you're a kid or when you're in your early twenties, whatever it might be. You listen to everything. So, like, with video games, you play everything when you're a kid. And now that I'm older, I don't listen to music anymore. I hear this new music, and what the hell is this? So I don't I've, listen to music either. I've officially become that person as it pertains to new music. But I'll listen to the stuff that I liked 20 years ago. Like, I know this. Yes. I feel yes. like that's the same wavelength that I'm on for video games right now. Like, I never advanced past a PS2 in terms of owning a system. So when we talk about like the THQ wrestling games, like I was bad at fighting games anyway. And when it comes to like Halo or Call of Duty, like I'm bad at first person shooters as well. Like GoldenEye is about the extent of first person shooter that I can do. I find video games are far too complicated, far too (laughs) fast moving for me, for old man Pat Mayo these days. But like the THQ wrestling games were the best. They were like very, very simple. And there's a simplicity to video games that I believe has gone away. Not that I'm playing a ton of video games, but at least in my mind, that's where it's at. But you mentioned like bringing back Final Fantasy as a remake. You're familiar with that game, so it's not like jumping into yes. something. Like, would you be more inclined to play like a remake of Final Fantasy, like you're doing, or a brand new Final Fantasy that has new gizmos and new levels and different controls? Look, if they remade Final Fantasy VIII the way that they remade Seven, I think I would get divorced because my wife would leave me <laughs> because I because I like. I I am of uh, uh there there's a small minority of us that say Final Fantasy VIII was the greatest Final Fantasy that was ever created, uh and that look uh, that could have something to do with Final Fantasy VII was my first RPG ever. I mean I 
like I said, I was a I was a diehard video game player. I mean, I had if starting with NES. So I had NES. I was unfortunately a Sega Genesis kid for the pri- for for the most of the 16-bit era. That doesn't mean I didn't play a whole bunch of SNES. That doesn't mean I didn't buy one eventually. It does also doesn't mean I have uh in a working SNES and the SNES Classic in the room behind me. <laughs> I have those things. But, but I mean like I went I my video game uh life started on the NES, but I just I saw no appeal in RPGs at all. And then Final Fantasy VII was getting all of that hype, all of that media spend. It was every, if you read video game magazines, which, man, you remember video game magazines? Those things were the coolest. I, I, like, I, had, I had a subscription to Nintendo Power for like of five years. Me, of course, because we all did. That was the only thing you read as a kid. Nintendo Power was the best. Did you enter those monthly contests? That that clearly nobody ever won. Yeah, I'm I'm confident that no one ever won it. But I used to enjoy getting like if you renewed your like Nintendo Power subscription, you would get like a strategy guide to something. I remember I got a strategy guide for Star Fox 64, which was like not something that you would ever need a strategy guide for. But it just it showed right. up one day. I was like, oh, all right, here we go. Not I only need- that, but but every once in a while you'd get those marketing VHS tapes. Like, do did you get the uh, the Donkey Kong Country VHS God. tape? Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is where our con- hey, listen. If football never comes back, maybe we'll have to go find these VHSs and do audio commentaries for them. Yeah, but oh, they were they were absolutely the best. Anyways, the, the the point I was making is that like RPGs were they were there, but seven was my introduction into the the game genre. I loved it. Uh, I embarrassingly named the main character Mike because oh, yeah. back then when you when you played RPGs you get to change everyone's name I changed the main character into Mike I changed Tifa into the girl I had a major crush on like all like I I turned this thing into my life right like my friends were the 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 alternate characters and like so I was in however it was it wasn't until Final Fantasy 8 where it's like I really understand what I'm doing. It was a because fighting taking turns. Like what? What is happening? This is the stupidest. Like who invented this system? Even though it, it I mean, eventually I, 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 I garnered respect for for the system. But Final Fantasy VIII. I mean, I put ninety to a hundred hours into that game, and just my by the end of it, my my gun blade was. Uh, overpowered as they say well would you when you start out with the rpgs i remember i had final fantasy one of the it was either one two or three i can't even remember at this point for any system which system for for nes like the original that would would be one or two then so i couldn't figure out for the life of me i was like six i don't understand what is going on so it's all this reading I have to do. Yeah, I can barely read. I mean, I can barely read now. I can't imagine <laughs> what it was like at six. Like I just didn't. I, fundamentally, I didn't understand how the game worked, so that didn't really work out for my enjoyment of said product. Sure. But once you got into RPGs, were you someone to hang out in like the first like one or two levels and really jump up your HP points? So like once you got to the next level, like your character level up would be way higher, and you just dummy everyone. 
Yeah, I, I eventually got to that point where I would grind it out. I would just spend hours upon hours of of pure boredom because I would just be uh, like South Park. I would be fighting the pigs. Yeah. <laughs> so or the uh, whatever they were uh, on that episode. So yes, I would I would definitely grind up so that my character for where where the story progression was, I would just mow people down in one strike. Oh, I wanted to ask you, uh, in your guys' facility where you film, how large, how much square footage do you have? I'm thinking, uh, about we, building a, I'm thinking about building my own studio. Oh, well, uh, our office is about 2,000 square feet. We have like this super freaking incredible lobby area. We took over, um, so the, the, the suite we took over originally, we ended up getting half of it. But so it started out, it was two suites com- uh, and... It was a, uh, what was a, a wood showroom, like people that do wood flooring. Okay. So you can go in and check that out. I thought you were talking about boners. Uh, no, I was not going there. It wasn't a boner showroom. <laughs> it was, it was not. <laughs> that's, that's a completely different discussion, but no, this was, this was for wood flooring, not wood, uh, downstairs, so to speak. Uh, but so whoever bought it, they, they subdivided and we got half of it. But our lobby is this glorious room that our our master command where we watch footballs on Sunday. We we now have oh crap, what do we have? I think we have nine big screens. Oh, wow. Like we got we have a 70 plus in the middle, that's red zone, and then uh a a quadrant of four screens on both sides that are sixty something inches, and that'll be the individual games. So that's where I spend all my Sundays. And in that room, I mean, we have a, we have a, we have a foosball table. We got a full size shuffleboard table. We have a arcade machine that I've wanted since I was a, a child. So that like, it, that's, it's a really fantastic showroom. Then we have three, three, what you would call what you would classify it as three offices. One uh, holds our producers, one holds our programmers. And then one is like a bullpen bullpen is because it's like two offices we knocked the, the the wall down so that the three of uh, the footballers could be all in in one room and then the back area is it was warehouse and we soundproof like we shut the door locked that thing down so it can't open we soundproofed the door as the best we could we have giant feeder curtains trying to subdivide the room we have a uh soundproofing uh basically faux drop ceiling above us as well to try and prevent echo the the best that we could so it's we are we're in a really really nice spot which if you're ever if you're ever in arizona man not you listening i'm talking to pat my my best friend pat right now Pat, if you're ever in arizona please come visit and we will give you a tour of the space i have not been in arizona since my bachelor party to tell you the truth look you're you've got the right decision man <laughs> you're making the right choices <laughs> we need to get out of arizona this place is the worst all right you're from arizona though aren't you i am like, where, where do you want to go like colorado colorado would be pretty great like uh i have a couple places i would like to live colorado is definitely one of them san diego is the dream i mean uh, uh, there's the, the, the cost of living of arizona and san diego pretty yeah and not 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 only the cost of living i enjoy paying those taxes when you go to san diego too that well that's part of the cost of living man like (laughs) 
I mean, I'm pretty sure that because uh, I got a family, I got three, I got a wife, I got three kids. I mean, we need space. So my, I'm pretty sure that my house that I have in Arizona would cost me like 1.5 mil over <laughs> in San Diego. So that's sort of the thing. Like I live in Toronto. So the cost of living here is through the roof. It's like New York, San Francisco, Toronto are the three most What expensive. are you doing there? That's the whole thing. There's no reason for me to live here anymore. There was a reason when I worked at Fantasy. That's where the offices were. When I was trying to break in, this is where all, if I want to get guests, go into studio, it all had to be here. I don't need that anymore. I can just build my own studio and broadcast from anywhere. So I'm thinking about moving back to where I'm from, where I can buy a gigantic house and not have to live in a tiny condo building, which costs way too much money. I can use, like, basically the same price as my condo is in Toronto. I can buy, like, a mansion where I'm from. And I was thinking about either building my studio in the basement of that house or just, like, basically leasing a different place and building it there. Like, do you think you should own your own studio space or is it better just to lease? Because then you have to worry about it. We went, we went lease and we, we just renewed our lease and, and made far more business sense for our, for us to just keep leasing. And we didn't have to, to worry about certain things that come with, with, uh, with owning the building. Now there are certainly benefits that your, your company then has an asset that theoretically is gaining value <laughs> or year at, to year, or at least hoping not losing value. Sure. If, if I were you. And, and you can have a basement. Look, basements, uh, what's funny about basements in Arizona is they don't exist except where I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I grew up in a, in a basement. And this was uh, because we had, to, we had to build a house where my grandfather could come live with us. And so he, he, he helped us, he helped my parents build a home. And we had a basement and basements are the freaking coolest things of all time. Unfortunately, in Arizona, our ground has this crap. I'm pretty sure it's called caliche, even though that sounds like the, uh, the queen from Game of Thrones. But it's like it's this mystical rock that's hard to dig in. And when you build your pool in Arizona, you're crossing your fingers that you don't have quote a hard dig have you ever let me ask you this pat mayo have you ever heard of something called a hard dig a hard dig uh is hard that hard dig is that where you're trying to plow through granite in order to build something that's where you're trying to plow through this crap called caliche it's in arizona it's called you have already committed the thousands of dollars that it costs to build a pool and they start digging and then they go ooh. <laughs> Sorry, bro. This is going to cost you thousands more. Yeah. See, the move is to live with, live somewhere where a pool is just not viable. Well, in Arizona, you have to have a pool. Yeah, I, I would imagine you have to. I'm saying where I live, like <laughs> having a pool is like, oh, we can use it for 20 days a year. Perfect. Yeah, you you guys should have indoor pools, right? Yeah, I feel like the maintenance for an indoor pool, like what you would like, the structure that you'd have to build around it, keeping the temperature right. There's just no need. Like I, I'm I'm from. Where I'm from is right on the ocean. That if you're going to go into the water, oh. like, there is no there is no swimming unless it's ocean swimming. Yeah, the the ocean is great. Hence, I want to live in San Diego. Yeah, the Pacific much more temperate than the Atlantic, uh, especially. Yes, well, I, it I guess, is. I, I guess if you lived in like Seattle, it wouldn't be. But if you're down south, then yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah. Meanwhile, East Coast people still contend they live in the 
the more superior time zone and coast freaking dummies i remember when i lived in the mountain time zone and it was optimal for watching football (laughs) dude it's great man like well okay except for the the stupid london games i have i have to set an alarm on on this this is the worst complaining of all time but (laughs) here we are when there's london games i have to set an alarm clock to wake me up at like 5 30 in the morning so I can get my rankings all s- sorted out because they're playing a game at six in the morning on the West Coast. You live the toughest life of anyone I've ever <laughs> met. I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> I told you it's 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 100 the worst complaining because that's that's what four times. That's actually I think it's going up. Like right is is aren't they doing like eight London games or something? outrageous now i mean they can say whatever they want there might not even be football <laughs> pat mayo you watch your mouth you, watch Listen, your mouth you don't think that i don't want football i want football but you know i've got to live in reality here <laughs> yeah the reality is that the nfl is going to happen you're right we are going to will it to happen but yeah i mean i complain about that meanwhile every week has sunday night and monday night and our compadres over on the east coast have to stay up till what midnight one in the morning you you chumps yeah well not even that if i move i'm moving out of the eastern time zone to another hour ahead east which you guys don't even have in america that we have wait hold hold on hold on there's an there's a time zone that's earlier there's two east coast two two no you can be that doesn't exist that's not real you can be on atlantic time or you can be on newfoundland time if you live in newfoundland which is actually not a full hour but a half hour ahead of atlantic isn't that where uh the the viking guy landed in newfoundland i mean if you pronounce it newfoundland people will know that you don't know what you're talking about but yes you actually are right (laughs) well (laughs) okay so what it's it's pronounced newfoundland it's just newfoundland 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 yeah there you go that's close enough that sounds stupid that's not, that's an imaginary place that doesn't exist Pat. how how dare you the, don't get, don't get <laughs> listen half my family's newfie they're gonna come after you You won't know what they're saying oh it you, be, you guys it will are be newfies? Vi- it will be vicious <laughs> you guys are newfies yeah <laughs> oh what a stupid nickname how dare you did what, 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 do, we, what do we call you guys phoenicians Venetians? Like you're from Venice? Phoenicians. Phoenicians. from Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Hey, look, and I'm not here to defend anything that Arizona does. We've already, we've already talked about this and conceded this, that I don't want to be here anymore, but here I am because the cost of living is fantastic. Well, that's, that's the whole premise of me moving back east as well. Now, I wouldn't be moving to Newfoundland, but I'd be moving back to where I am from. But... I guess my question is, if I build it in my basement, then I never leave my house. And that seems suboptimal. I sure. think, I, I, think I, would, I think I would like a place to go to go to work. Because I've worked from home, and I've worked at being in office. I'm far more productive. I can still work at home, writing, doing all that stuff. Or even if it was like I had to do a hit or something like that for whatever. I can have a camera at home. I can have that set up. I just turn on, and I can basically do this. For the actual studio, I feel like I would want to go somewhere just to get out of the house. Yeah, I, I I totally get that. There's, it's it's a really strange thing working from home, uh, especially now. So I'll give you an example. So 
everyone clearly we're all locked down well i i you canadians i don't i don't know what you people are doing i don't know if you're just gallivanting around ignoring the uh the, the global pandemic now, now but, quite question for you does that sound more like something a canadian or american would do the lockdown yeah oh that that sounds like the u.s for sure like, like no, we pre- uh, yeah i would say bre- breaching the lockdown sounds far more american than canadian that that's a, that's a fair point and apparently people are doing that right now there are, are protests happening because people want covid i look i don't know i don't know i'm i'm in my house and you stay away from me because i respect the virus i respect what is happening and i respect that i'm trying not to give it to other people should i get it uh but my my back to my point is working from home it's it is very strange to say to my wife who is now homeschooling my three children uh like I need you to uh, be downstairs, keep the kids quiet, because I need to go watch uh, collegiate a- athletes play football. I need to go scout their tape. <laughs> like you sound like the biggest freaking douchebag in the entire world to say something like that. You're like, you're like, okay, don't worry, you go do that. I'll be managing a fifth, third, and kindergartner while you are watching people play football yeah so i've convinced my wife on some of this stuff as well but the worst part is like i i mean you guys are the spitballers as well but i'm doing a big thing because i'm going on paternity leave sometime soon depending on when this very un-american congratulations hey well i mean it's not that i'm actually going on paternity leave i'm just doing all the work pre-hand so i have like two weeks worth of shows ready to release so i can actually stay at home and help out my wife just a little bit uh because of the pandemic. also very un-american congratulations thank you (laughs) um but we have we have like a 14 month old now and then we'll have the newborn but none of our family is around and none of them can come up to help us and we can't hire whoa 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 whoa. what there's a there's another mayo yeah, I got a baby mayo running around at home. He's he is actually physically running around at home now, and he hits me in the face. I thought with, there like, was melons. only one. Is there? There's two. There's about to be a second. That's what I mean. There's about to be. I didn't know. Congratulations, man. Thank you. I I've been keeping it under wraps. So it's about well, as we talk right now, it's a month away or five weeks away. So by the time this comes out, it could be like two weeks away. Who knows? Oh, okay. That that's a okay. That brings up an interesting discussion. I have three children. Two of my children were home births. We had a midwife. We said, modern Western medicine, you people are doing it wrong. We're going to have our children at home. That sounds terrifying. How, so how are you guys doing? You're, you're, wait, you're going to go in five weeks? You're going to go to the, the place where people with the virus go to now, have a baby? Now, here's the thing. The, the hospital that we are going to because the hospitals have not been overwhelmed up here, what they did was, because, you know, we're in a major metropolitan You place. freaking Canadians. Of so, course you don't have the virus. We do. have. There's a lot, there's a lot of uh, COVID cases up in Toronto. It's the worst we got okay. up here. But All right. uh, there's so many hospitals in the city that they've, when they planned it out, all of the COVID hospitals are on the periphery of the city. And all the downtown hospitals 
are like COVID free. They don't like that's not where you go okay. to get yourself Smart. either tested or anything else because they need places where they can do surgery and have it as free as possible. Obviously, it could leak in. Who knows? But like the floor that the the two floors that the like paternity units are on across these hospitals are basically like quarantined off as it is anyway. So we were talking to the OBGYN and she was like, yeah, it's it's actually pretty good. Like, but once you're in, you can't leave. So we're still. Oh, working. that's interesting. But okay. what, but we're working on a thing now where we can't get family up and we have no family around and we can't hire anyone to watch the kid, like watch our son. That uh, I might have to stay home with him and not be with my wife, which is not wow. Great. Yeah, that's a wild, that's a wild decision to have to make, man. It, well, it might be made for us. I mean, I don't right. want to be in there, but at the same time, we can't we can't bring our one year old in or leave him at home by himself. Sure. Well, I I will tell you, man. Uh, yeah, so we had our, uh, our firstborn and that was a, uh, it was a wild ride of, uh, uh, alarmism by, by the doctors and that placed a certain amount of stress upon us that had no bearing. And so that was why, and, and then I found out I was about, I was going to have a second child and my wife brought up home birth and i remember telling her parents so i was telling my in-laws there's no way in hell that we're having a home birth that's the (laughs) stupidest crap i've ever heard in my life then i start researching it more i become more and more comfortable with it and here's what here my second child my wife is in labor she's in terrible pain you know all all the things that come with with having a child which Shout out to my wife who gave birth to two children with absolutely zero pain medication. That's part of the part of the gig that I don't have. That's that's a cross that I did not have to bear. You know what I had to bear? A back to the future marathon, baby. <laughs> While my wife was in labor, I was watching all Marty McFly and all of his adventures with Doc Brown in the comfort of my own home on my couch. It was freaking fantastic. I recommend it to everybody. That actually doesn't sound so bad. Now, here's the thing. My wife is like, I'm not doing this without an epidural. So that's off the table. Yeah. That's honestly, that's, that's the biggest decision that you have to make is, is you, if you have a good midwife giving birth at home is, is just as safe as doing it in the hospital. But that's the big difference is do, do you want to have the epidural? And this is, judgment free if i were my wife oh are you kidding me i would have i would have drugs that people won't even recommend to human beings and i would say put them into my body because i want to feel nothing i would uh i would think that having a home birth right now would be super tough like with all like the healthcare workers having to be at the hospital that even to find one to come to your house, like would they want to come to well, your house? But that's the thing is it's not a healthcare worker. It's, it's a midwife. Like, but, but, it is, but, are, like, but like I, we can't even get like, we need like drywall done and all the construction places are like, Nope. Oh, not coming gotcha. to your place. Like it'd be hard to get someone into your house at this point. I would think. Yeah. That that's a, that's a very fair point. I, I, I mean, certain, certainly possible. And that would be a, big problem with all of a sudden the midwife or 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 whoever was was helping you out couldn't make it out to your house they're like oh sorry hey go ahead just have the baby take care of that 
And I guess there is the big difference between being Canadian and American that if we go into the hospital, like having the baby is not going to cost like 50,000 bucks. Yeah. There, so our, that was, that was another ride of our firstborn is you had, so the wife had the insurance for her. And then she also had this prenatal insurance. Ooh. And then because the doctors coded something a certain way, which was like our, our firstborn was, there was no complications with her. She had like, my wife got, had to have some stitches, which uh shocker that happens to everybody <laughs> who has a baby because something this big is, and if you're not watching the video, I'm sorry, but something this big is coming out of something that is supposed to be this big. You're, they're going to have stitches because things tear. But because the doctor coded something a certain way, that meant that Team Wright had to pay two full deductibles because they wanted to get their money. That's that's outrageous, by the way. This, this is a really fun podcast for people to be listening to. <laughs> it's me complaining about the American healthcare system. And just very specifically to you. Uh, it's not it, my br- brother. It's not just me. Many people having to deal with this crap too. So yeah. having a baby cost me, I don't know, $5,000. Oh, that, that, from the horror stories that I hear, that's not so bad. Sure. Because we didn't have complications during the birth. They just decide like it should have cost me one, but they decided, nah, we'll figure it out. There's codes, special seat. Top secret codes, and we'll get we'll get five thousand out of them. Yeah, they can milk it for any way that they can. This has been—I mean, yep. we've gone over an hour with no agenda. This is pretty good. <laughs> and we're not done. No, we're not done. We're tired of talking about you know. We can talk about like water births. The the one problem I, I did see a home water birth. The other they were day. both they were both water births. My well, home births were water births. Well, here's my case against it. My wife watches this show about this guy who has like eight wives, sister wives, I think is the show on TLC. And that's how they have all their kids. I don't want to be like them. (laughs) Do you have multiple wives? I don't because I would no longer cease to live if I have to worry about multiple wives. (laughs) Like, have you been, I guess you're doing like college film and all that stuff for like draft stuff and trying to keep your mind occupied. But do you, have you been sucked into like just awful TV at this point? Uh, I, I actually avoid it for the most part. I, I like movies. Like, so, I mean, recently I went through the entire Marvel category and look, you want to argue those are not movies, whatever you're dumb, but, but you can make that argument. Like I like movies far more than I like shows. I know that's a, it's a weird Island to live on. You're not uh, you're not alone so, on that. Like, shows you're, like you're, you're not Tom Hanks and Castaway off on okay. the I like movies island. I don't think so, at least now, especially like Marvel movies. People love Marvel movies. Not my thing, but people love them. But but my point is like Tiger King, like people we we have nothing else to do. I mean, at night, <laughs> besides like I mean, you're taking care of your kids all day. I'm only two episodes into the Tiger King, like. Those those types of shows are just not appealing to me. When, when they're on, I will watch it and I'll be like, oh yeah, that Baskin's lady is the worst. Like I'll get into it, but I don't have the like it it doesn't 
I don't have the drive to click play. And if I don't click play, then I can completely avoid it. Yeah, there's no desire to binge watch trash TV is what you're saying. Right. No, no, no. Well, once, once I'm in. You're in. Then I'm, I'm going like, yeah, once I'm in, then, okay, keep the episodes going. I need, like, let's go. Let's go. Put that right in the veins. But I don't have the initial, does, like, I, 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 it doesn't interest me until it's on. So, so there's, there's a lot of shows like those, those, uh, like what you consider like a trash TV show that people love. And I don't hate you for loving it. My wife loves it. She always wants me to get into them, but they just, they don't stimulate me to hit the play button. My, my wife uh, just is a, basically just kills Bravo 24 seven. So I can get into some of the shows, but not all of the shows. Like they'll be on in the background while like I'm typing something up or like on my phone fucking around. What is on Bravo? All the what house, all the, all the housewife shows are on Bravo. Real wife. Okay. 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 Which, which I can't really get into. There's one of them. That's not bad. Orange County is not bad or no Beverly Hills is not bad. That's the one that I can sit down and watch. I'm familiar with these people. Denise Richards is on it. Okay. It's, it's not bad. Uh, but Denise I do Richards. Yeah. Den- the Denise Richards. What? Yeah. That's what she's doing now. Yeah, she's on a Real Housewives show. Look, you you want to talk to twenty year old Mike? I'd be very very interested in this show. Yeah, I mean, we can just basically just throw on Starship Troopers right now and just go watch that if we if we want that and Wild Things. We'll do a double feature. I I will always cape for Starship Troopers. That is a very underrated movie. It's funny because I watched Starship Troopers. I th- Man, when did it come out? Like ninety six. I saw it in theaters. That's Paul Verhoeven, right? Yeah. So like, yeah, Ro- that RoboCop, striptease, Starship Troopers. Look, that guy does violence the right way. I'm pretty sure he did Total Recall too, right? He did. Am do I remembering? To- yeah, he did Total yeah. Recall. And here, the best part about Total Recall, which is the best Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that that's the best one, is Total Recall. It's that's the best a, one. That, that that's outrageous. Oh, 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 oh. All right, we'll, we'll get into your favorite Schwarzenegger movie. But what the 80s and Paul Verhoeven did so well was collateral damage. Like, like, like you remember the scene where Arnold is on the escalator and there's just some dude who's like, I'm going up an escalator, do, do, do. And then he turns into a full meat shield for Arnold, because he gets shot up, and Arnold grabs him and is like, no, don't shoot me. Shoot this dude who's riding an escalator for no reason. Like, that was that was back when action movies were great, is the 80s, when ran, just random people, random people are just getting annihilated. That's part of the process, man. So do, do you don't think that they can interject that into the Marvel movies now? Yeah, it's it's really hard these days, man. Like I'm, I'm one of them. I'm woke. I'm I'm woke, just like a lot of these people. Where, like, I can still watch Total Recall and I love it because I loved it when I was a lot younger. But what's funny is, like, younger me, I wanted the most over the top violence. Like, have you are you familiar with uh, Ricky O? No. Okay, you need to do yourself a favor <laughs> and go watch Ricky O. It's a martial arts movie where a guy is in jail and there is like there is some straight up Mortal Kombat stuff that is 
that's goes goes on in this movie. But like as I'm older now, it when I go and I watch a movie that I I've never seen and it has just over the top super gratuitous violence, I'm like, ooh, that makes me feel bad. See, I don't well, like it. So, well, I I think that depends. Here's the Wikipedia description for Ricky O. By the way, incarcerated for assault and manslaughter, he survives yeah. in a futuristic prison by resorting to yeah. extreme violence. Yeah, but there there, right. there there is a point to be made that sometimes when you have such extreme violence that it becomes cartoonish in a way that you know it's sort of a satire on violence to begin with that's the that's the angle that you can spin it with to make it okay for sure. yourself it's just satire. yeah it, 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 but but even even that cartoonish violence like now is it's sometimes it gets me where i have to be in the right mood to watch that type of a movie where back when i was younger it was just just give me all of that where i i just want bodies i just want body parts flying across the screen so the coming over from holland like american movies paul verhoeven goes robocop total recall basic instinct showgirls starship troopers hollow man i mean people hate showgirls but like when i saw starship troopers in theaters no idea what's going on i ended up reading the book in college so you know it's an wait there's a book yeah it's an indictment of fascism like i didn't pick up on all the fascistic like iconography <laughs> and propaganda when i saw the movie when i was like nine but yeah you know, once i learned about it the movie's even better now because it is a like a true fascist satire interesting i then i already told you the movie was great now it's probably even better it is i would you like to know more it's just propaganda <laughs> <laughs> yes i would like to know what, what give me some stuff you can go back and watch. You can go back and watch Starship yeah. Troopers and just see it in a completely new light. I, it's just it. It's so freaking great, man. The the of humanity versus giant bugs. Like, I know we can make monster movies and you know Godzilla and all of these things, but honestly, what at the heart of it? At the heart of it, what is more terrifying than the thought of bugs? all of a sudden becoming human sized. Like what, what is really more terrifying than that? Well, I mean, considering that everyone is not everyone, but most people are just creeped out by bugs to begin with. Yeah. That was That's probably, my that, point. That is likely worst case scenario for humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Giant bug, giant spiders, bro. <laughs> yeah. Giant yeah. ants. No, I don't want to like, I can't handle ants and they like, <laughs> Yeah, but what if, the ant, what if the ants are friendly, like in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? All right, that's that's a good point, but that's that's accepting the fact that the ants are uh, uh, individual thinkers and not just part of a hive mind where they're following chemical trails and they're doing what the what the chemtrails tell them to do. It's also anti. I mean, I just I just watched this that movie with my kids. Anti is an endearing character and who has to take on the scorpion. And uh, and gives his life to fight off the scorpion. Which how does a how does a scorpion have a problem with an ant? Like what what's the problem with that scorpion? Feels that's, like that scorpion's I, weak. Feel like scorpions have problems with everyone. Uh, just, no, fighting them? No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the beef. Of course, the scorpion should want to establish dominance against the ant. I'm saying, I live in the land of scorpions. These things should not be scared of anything. They should, because they, 
they ain't scared of people, man. Like, like a scorpion, a real scorpion, you can stomp on that thing. Your foot comes up, and the scorpion's like, click, 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 click. That was really funny. You should try doing that again because it's a scorpion. It's covered in armor. I have never seen a live scorpion, like in the wild, ever. Sounds terrifying. Thankfully, I've only had to endure probably three scorpions in my life. But the one of them, the one that I had to take care of was uh, it had to do with uh, we were out back. uh, I was out there with my wife. My dog was out there. And there was like, we were pouring out a whole bunch of water and all of a sudden this, like, I mean, we're talking like uh, four or five inch scorpion all of a sudden just comes out of the rocks like, and my dog is, it's being a dog. Like, it's like, what is this? I should probably go sniff it. And I know I have to protect my dog. So I like, I got to sum it up all the courage inside me to try and heel stomp this thing. And I gave it everything I had. I mean, and this, this scorpion splattered into a thousand pieces, but I, I got, I got scared and this thing is only five inches big and is it like, it poses no threat. It poses no threat to me, my dog, my wife, but I was terrified to see this thing emerge from the rocks with its armor and its multiple weapons and its poison. They're terrible creatures. Yeah, I don't know if I want to encounter that in real life. Not going to lie to you. There is you a ch- th- you know what? You know what just occurred to me? There's a chance I did not hit record for this. So that's terrible. <laughs> I, I get this. I get this panic at some point of every show. Usually, Paul's behind the camera. We're social distancing, so he's not here right now. It's just the two of us talking in an empty room. I'm like, did I hit record? This I is guess I'll, probably I'll get, the I best guess, podcast that you've ever recorded. Well, who top knows? three at least. Well, you know what? I'm going to go check right now, and I'll be back. I'm leaving this in the show too. If I am still <laughs> recording, you hold on one sec. <laughs> All right. I will do this while while Pat Mayo is away because I uh, alluded. To, I don't know if Pat can hear me or not, but I alluded to. Uh, can you hear me, Pat? Are you oh, back? Oh, yeah, I'm back. Okay, so I will allude to it. I won't actually because it was going to be a really bad joke. It's it's like Requiem for a Dream. Did you ever you see Requiem? So okay, here's the thing about Requiem for a Dream. It's a movie that I thought was really deep when I was in high school and when I saw it. And I actually <laughs> watched it like five years ago. I was like, this movie's kind of terrible. It just makes you feel bad. It like, does. And the the longest, the biggest thing that came out of Requiem for a Dream is they ripped the score from Requiem for a Dream for the second Lord of the Rings movie. I remember that from the trailer. They the, did. They did because it's an it's. It's an iconic yes, score. It's it's an incredible piece of music. Yes. So yeah, I I guess they just licensed, it or maybe the same studio owned it. I I don't know how they got away with just taking that score. 
Yeah, that that guy. I I wish I could remember his name off the top it's, of my head because I actually follow. It's, it's Clint something. Yes, yes, it's Clint something, and because I follow him, like one of the first things I did back when I I relented and I gave up and I joined Facebook many years ago, I followed him, like, and it was like super cool because I'm like, holy crap, this guy who made this music that I really admire, I get to see what he's talking about on Facebook. But yeah, it it was so weird. Because I feel like that was not the only place that that thing showed up. Uh, let's see. Clint Mansell is the guy's name. Mansell, yes. And I'm pretty sure he did The Fountain as well. So he just does all the Darren Aronofsky movies? Yes, I believe that is like their best friends. <laughs> Listen, if you have a super talented friend who's a Hollywood director, I mean, if you do scores, it's like uh, P.T. Anderson always used John Bynan, I think his name is, for a while. Like He did Boogie Nights. He did Punch Drunk Love. Like the like, and there's a lot of like non-original music in those movies, but the right. original like weird score for them all was all done by the same guy, I think. That and that that jumps me to another question that I have for you because we have nothing to talk about on this podcast yet. We've been talking for an hour and a half. I I don't know, eighty minutes or something. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on uncut gems? I have not seen uncut gems. I refuse to watch it because okay. I, I keep hearing. From wow. people in the sports betting world that the the betting aspect of that movie, if you do bet, will infuriate you because it makes no sense. Are you a big sports better? I am a big sports better. Like, like if you lose the bet, you're going to lose your family, that type of betting? No, no, no. It, it's more like what he's betting on makes no sense in the logic of sports betting. From what I've heard, maybe I'm completely wrong and I'll have to deep dive onto this and actually give it a try. But that was the main complaint I heard. Like anyone who's familiar with sports betting, his bets don't make sense. But have they considered that there are people that place large wagers on sports that are not actually educated on the sports betting? Like they're completely ignoring that, that those people exist. I don't think I, from like I said, and this is just what I'm being told is that the bets don't logically make, not, not that he's making bad bets. He's like making bets that don't even like really exist. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I'm not a big sports better. So I, I live in Arizona, the land where we can't bet on anything. Yeah. What, why, believe. why is that? So, <laughs> so, well, let's go back to politics. Uh, <laughs> So we have we have a lot of Native American tribes uh, that live in Arizona because uh, we like okay I don't want to get, I don't get <laughs> okay let's steer let's steer away from this one it, it, it's the same I, thing that it's the same thing that happens in a lot of places like Florida for Daily Fantasy for a while like they had to get the tribes to sign off on it where they would get a cut in order for it to become legal so yeah well I was about to go up, but like we stole their land and yada 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 I don't want to get into all that. Uh, but so like the, the actual facts are the government has a pact with the native American tribes so that they can run casinos to help them try and recoup because we destroyed them. Uh, and, and part of that, the part of that pact is saying only they can on their land and other places that, uh, that are agreed upon only they can have gambling. And it and there are very strict guidelines in this pack that says these are the games that you can have, these are the games that you cannot have, these are the amount of said game that you are allowed to have, 
and our educational system actually gets a decent amount of money from this agreement and like as as well as other things that are like gambling's big business Arizona the government they want to make sure that they are getting their cut from from the tribes but there is a clause in the pact that says if anyone else comes in and opens basically a place of gambling the entire pact goes away all the money that is is dedicated to Arizona's government all the money that is dedicated to education they don't have to pay that anymore there are no more restrictions on the games that they can play and and so to like kind of highlight that like we don't have the, the one game cuz i love craps like when i go to vegas i want to play craps that's my game we can't play craps in arizona it's one of the restricted games so that would go away they can put in whatever table games they want they can allocate whatever amount of the uh uh the casino to whatever they want and they were contending saying dfs is gambling it's is legal gambling I and mean, it goes 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 back to that argument that they were trying to hold up of is dfs gambling is it a game of skill and if it had if we passed dfs and said people can play it and then they went to court of arizona versus the tribes if the if the tribes had won it would be really bad for for the state of arizona so they basically just said nope we're not going to take that risk we're not going to we're not going to worry about that lawsuit dfs is illegal in arizona but wouldn't it just make sense for the companies to go to the tribes and run everything through them yeah but i think it's like it's this whole world of politics of you have to individually you have to negotiate individually with each and every tribe it's not like there's just one body for the tribes that says this is what we agree upon it's all the tribes have uh, agreed to the pact now this sounds far so, more this sounds far more complicated than anything I'm yes familiar with. very 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 complicated yes all right dude you got anything else uh, we're, we're going out on that <laughs> Yeah, I, we, we go out on the topic. Neither of us, we just talked about a topic for five minutes that neither of us really understand. That's that's fair. That that highlights what this podcast was all about. This was this was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. It was, man. It was. So, oh, I do have one thing to run by you. Because I'm... All right. I, I think I got sidetracked from this like 45 minutes ago. But where I'm doing all these shows in advance for when I'm away for the birth of, hopefully, you know, my, my new son comes into the world fine. I have to be home to take care of him, my wife, and my other son. That'll be great. Uh, I've been banking content, and I'm doing the 90s in 2000 to 2009 funniest movie bracket, 64 on each side. So I've already recorded oh, the first four shows. I'm trying to get like 15 shows out of this. So you know, there's a one discussion where we try to narrow down the short list. I'm going to do a show where we talk about the actual brackets, and then we're going to have the. You know, there's going to be four play-in games for each of them. I'm trying to really milk the content for this. But would you want to come on to talk about some of these movies? Wait, on another show? Yeah, Me Mayo. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah, bro. Let's do it. There we go. See, this is this is perfect. Got to write this down. Got to write down the time. Yeah, I'm in. Awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You got it, man. So if people have never heard of Mike, you can follow him on Twitter. At Where, where is it? Where do you have a Twitter? Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I'm on the Twitter. I am on Instagram. Both are the same handles at FF Hitman. Do you do any different content for Instagram than you do for like, do you guys do? Oh like, yeah. Like I've been trying like, but you guys have a team. That's really nice. I find like, I can't, my Instagram account is just like my, like really like personal Instagram account it has like pictures of my kids on it. Like I don't have, it's not that I don't have time. I have no idea what to put on Instagram versus anywhere else. Yeah, no, that's fair. Our, our actually like our company ones, like our company Twitter's at the FF ballers and Instagram is at fantasy footballers those are uh predominantly run by our producers and like it's because it's show content right like and my my personal my my personal twitter i'm the only one to post on there and instagram is they they are definitely very 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 different where twitter is if something funny pops into my head like a funny thought then i'll post that there my instagram is mostly filled with pictures of uh like my shoes my dog me watching the goofy movie i i i have i've actually i've made the decision and it's really really tough like i don't talk about i talk about i have a family but i don't i never put pictures of my kids to try and like i i don't know what i'm protecting them from but i'm i'm doing it anyways like i don't say my kids names i don't put pictures of them I don't post my wife's name. I don't put pictures of my wife up there of just, it's this weird protective thing that I've tried to go with. And honestly, it really hurts the content, man. (laughs) Well, I know I'm with you on that though, because I do post pictures of my son up there, like me and him or just something stupid that he'll do. I find it's funny in the moment. And then people like Instagram me, like, I hope your son dies. And I'm like, I don't want to read that. Oh my God. What? You you don't get the See, you're too nice. You don't get the hateful comments, I guess. Dude, I can't. I can't even handle. I know people say things like that online. Oh my! Like, ah. Well, then I'm very glad I don't post those pictures for that. Because if if I got that comment, I would be tilted for the entire day. Like, if I woke up, because me, like many people, first thing I do, ah, I stretch, I reach over, I grab the phone. What have I missed? If that was the first thing I saw, I would be tilted the entire day so looks like i'm making the right decision yeah no you're most definitely making the right decision because <laughs> it it puts you on tilt until it just becomes and that, that's not like a common thing that happens but it's happened more than once uh, i mean someone, that's, and so, that's once too many that's oh, yeah. unbelievable it's it sucks um but like i remember right when i first started i got an email from some guy who wrote like a manifesto about how he was going to come to my house and kill me because I gave him bad fantasy oh advice? It was oh my nuts, gosh, bro. Yeah, this is the stuff that I deal with. You, like I said, I need to be nicer like you guys. Yeah, yeah. See, like we're all about positivity, which has thankfully kept the uh, the the trolls. Honestly, I mean, uh, our social media presence it is pretty large. And honestly, the, the amount of trolls that I have personally received has been unbelievably small compared to what I've seen. Like, like guys like Brad Evans, where, I mean, I guess he, he brings it on himself because he, he retweets <laughs> the trolls and then like gives them a platform. But uh, uh, it's been, it's, it, it hasn't been that bad. It's, I mean, we're talking 98% 
positive and just interacting with people and, and maybe 2% comments of the, those I want you to die. Yeah. And I, I would say that it's probably not all that like the discrepancy isn't like the, the same ratio would likely apply to me as well. It just, when, when the comments are like that, it's like, Oh my God. And like, you actually do remember that. Like, Oh my God, someone actually yes, said that you to do. Me. And I just I can't, can't ima- believe people do that. That's man. the thing. Like I can't imagine being that person. Like that's the part that really shocks me. It's not that someone said it. Cause like you said, there's internet trolls, faceless people will do, crazy things but just imagine being that person that's what you've spent your 10 minutes doing or whatever like that is just mind-boggling to me oh i mean like i can if if i'm angry i can imagine tweeting at someone bro you told me to do this you suck sure but like that'll be be the that'll be the extent of my attack is some is saying hey you suck yeah hey i mean just like i said this is why you don't post pictures of your kids it's that easy I have that's I've chosen not to do it, and my kids are amazing, and it would be incredible content. But I've chosen not to do it. See, you you stayed ahead of the game with this one. Anyway, thanks for being on, dude. Appreciate it. Oh, you got it, man. Much respect, much love from the fantasy footballers for Pat Mayo, and much love reciprocated back. And my my switching machine is now bugging out, so it's probably I think it's running low on battery. So probably a good time to call it quits. I told you about the draws at the top of the show, but again for a hundred DK bucks, the draw to get into sub to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, five star review, DraftKings handle something you like about the Pat Mayo Experience, and it could be hey, I didn't know you were friends with the fantasy footballers. That works out just as well. <laughs> just remember to go review the show. I'm Pat Mayo. Secrets that, out. That that's the move. Um, <laughs> everyone just thought we were at odds the entire time. Uh, I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!